everyone to a new episode of the V Superheroes. Um, today, um, I'm uh, here with the Fredericks. Hi, guys. Hi, Stan. Stan. Hi. How's life? Boring? Uh, st- <laughs> still the same like yesterday, I would say. Still, still locked in your basement or uh, as Frederick in a very nice office with uh, mo- people that don't move. So it's uh, very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, and um, we, have an, we have another, another uh, um, invitee or a guest on the, uh, on the, on the podcast. Hey, Spencer. Hey guys, thanks for having me. How are you all doing? Uh, we're the uh, same as yesterday, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu again. Yeah. So, um, I think Spencer, coping is the right verb. Uh, so, uh, Spencer, you're a, a chief technologist for a for the digital workspace within VMware. Um, what are you doing all day? Uh, and I think we were joking uh, a little bit uh, uh, before the, the session started. Um, w- what is the digital workspace for VMware? Maybe that's a, a good a good place to start. And what is your day to day role uh, within uh, within VMware? Yeah, so uh, apart from my children being loud in the background, which um, was the perfect moment. So what am I doing every day? You mean in between my Command and Conquer and Red Alert and World of Warship sessions? Oh, we can do a specific Uh episode on that if you want. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we definitely need to do that. I might be unable to comply on that one. They've remastered those, by the way. Sorry? Yes, They've just remastered those. That's what just came out over the weekend. So I might have um, spent too much time over the weekend doing that. But hey, and, it, and it runs on the WVD. I saw a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it runs on my horizon. Um, Perfect. Nvidia backed VM pretty well yeah. as well. Actually, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, I've worked out. Well, I was running World of the Warships on that. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. We could talk about that all day, actually. So. Yeah. And welcome distraction to what I do every day, though, Stan. Back to your original question. Then. Yeah. So I guess, well, at the moment, I'm I'm doing a lot of kind of stuff like this, uh, podcasts. I'm doing quite a few webinars around what we're seeing in the industry. Uh, doing a lot of customer conversations around their strategy as we go past um what we've seen around lockdown and the, the initial rush after the pandemic hit um, and kind of, yeah, just discussing with customers around what their options are. I also do a bit of work with the analysts who talk to me and I talk to them about what we're seeing in the industry and doing some joint sessions with that. So yeah, it's a lot of what are we seeing and advisory type stuff and then bestowing the virtues of the, uh, the wonderful workspace one and how it can help customers in these, these areas, I guess is what I'm doing mostly. And playing Command and Conquer when I get a chance as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, 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 I think you. Uh, well, we, we dropped a couple of names already. Um, one interesting one is that I uh, I migrated uh, from a laptop in uh, COVID times at home without any issues, and uh, that's all thanks to uh, to Workspace One, which was kind of a kind of a new experience. Uh, if you if you uh, look at five or ten or even uh, longer ago, where uh, basically the, the IT guy would come next to you with a hard disk and say. Hey, can I make a backup? I will be back in two hours and then hopefully it's done. And I was that guy. And that's, that's how I started off life. Oh, really? Sitting in a cupboard with yellow and blue cables. If anybody remembers those lap link, I don't know if you stretch that far back. And so what was the original imaging before ghost and that? And I worked for semantic. So, uh, and there used to be a bit of software. We used to run around to people's desks. I used to work part of the bank and then um, back up their machines. And, uh, yeah, to your point, come back after a cup of tea and, uh, Hopefully everything's done. So yeah, yeah and, remember and then, those days. And then you cross- drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
probably was smoking cigarettes as well and <laughs> doing other stuff at the same time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was coffee for them. Yeah. Well, it was a, it, it, it's an interesting evolution if you look at it like that. Uh, so it's uh, in, interesting to see how, how uh, the needle has shifted to the, the more easier, uh, easier way of doing uh, a migration, I would say. So, uh, but, uh, but, but apart from that, if you look at, uh, at COVID times, um, the, the, the way you look at it from a, from a digital uh, workspace point of view, how, how would you look at it? Yeah, so um, I guess this is the title. So we're talking about something called free hours and uh, sort of half alluded to earlier, but the initial rush happened and it is tied back to me being in the office and being that guy that we just said, I guess. Now, a lot of IT for a long time has all been based around you come to the office. If you think about why IT originally came about, it was to automate back office tasks, right? And we yeah. in this industry and everybody here has been, you know, various different experience levels and where they've come into the industry from. But ostensibly, we've been really there to support people doing stuff in an office, whether it be from a security whether it be from applications and where those sat and then the device that they access them from. But, you know, a lot of our historical, some might say hysterical, but another adjective there for you. <laughs> a lot of it's been based around you came to a physical place. You had a physical kind of security aspect to it. You had a device and that device was given to you in that physical space. And sometimes you took it home. And if you took it home, well, it was like, well, hold on, you're outside the physical space. So what do I do? I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I'll put a VPN in or some kind of way of punching a hole back in because in the physical space, you had an enterprise kind of network scenario. And the reason why I'm saying this, and I know I'm really taking it back to basics, is that's probably the main reason why a lot of customers found it really hard when COVID hit. They didn't have a, a platform that allowed them to go and work anywhere. And it's interesting because you say to customers, oh, do you have a work from home policy? And that kind of means that they can get email every now and again, or maybe open a PowerPoint file when they're, you know, having coffee or something at home, or it's not what I would call true remote working or flexible working. We should really call that, right? It's, um, it's kind of like, I have my main job and then I do some stuff, which isn't, I couldn't do my whole job day in, day out. A lot of customers were still in that mode. And what we saw in the first phase was everyone trying to, take all their staff and get them to work from home and go, oh, yeah, this is harder what we thought. This is a bit difficult, right? Is it also uh, maybe a lack of a good strategy to, to get people working from home? I think it's also, and you're right. So Fred and I have been walking around quite a lot and talking about what a digital workspace should be. And we, we joked about, you know, what's your title? What does that mean earlier? Actually, a digital workspace is different for different customers. And like I said, with the mobile stuff about email, for some customers, a digital workspace is getting email on a mobile phone because they've never been able to do it before. For us, a digital workspace, like you just said, when you, you didn't really notice any difference really working at home and because right. you've got wonderful workspace one, that's a true digital workspace. And it's interesting how, depending on which customer you go to, they've got their own kind of interpretation of what a digital workspace is. For me, it's a, I don't care where I am. I can get access to all my apps in a way that's really nice, that's secure, but doesn't get in the way of, you know, like annoying me constantly for passwords and tokens and stuff. And I should be able to do that on really the devices that I find that I like and I'm most productive on, right? Yeah, makes sense. That's kind of what a digital workspace is for me. But a lot of customers 
have got different meanings to what they are because they've got so legacy IT that it's, you know, what we consider to be modern is they seem to be like light years ahead of or something. So it depends where they are in the journey, I guess. Do you get the idea that COVID has now drastically changed that conversation? Well, that's where I was going to actually. Good point, Fred. So um, what's happened now then is everybody had a strategy. And um, interestingly, it was always the desktop 2020 or um, work 2020. It was always 2020. I don't know if they knew what was going to happen, but everybody, (laughs) it it was just, and you know, 2020 vision is you have hindsight and you can get things right. But yeah, everyone had a vision, but nobody really had a compelling event to do it. They was all sort of saying, well, we do that. And it's going to take years or, you know, yes, we've got a strategy, but we need to do X, Y, and Z. And suddenly this come along and everyone's like, um, yeah, we might need to accelerate that now. And I think that's the big point. So the strategy's not changed. What's changed is a compelling event, which is lockdown and COVID. And suddenly everybody's having to implement stuff that they were going to do in five years in two weeks. <laughs> that's kind of what's what I've seen. With varying degrees of success, I might have as well. I can imagine. Yeah. I can also imagine that a lot of uh, hardware vendors sold a lot of laptops. And, uh, well, yeah. Uh, or webcams yeah. For, for that matter. <laughs> webcams. And um, I think Logitech Yeti microphones and stuff as well. Like my one mm-hmm. I've got here. No uh, plug uh, for, uh, for Yeti microphones yet, but uh, I think we're all, so you're the odd one out, Fred. You're just using your... your yeah, and I, I, do, I do have one there. <laughs> You, you can't be a proper podcaster with, without a, a big rubber type foam thing on top of your, your microphone. So. Uh, normally we all sit together, but uh, due to COVID, uh, I didn't install my, uh, my microphone well, yet. <laughs> Frederick's transformation takes a while. Uh, the other Frederick has, uh, has, has brought stuff home, and, uh, but uh, yeah, one, one of the Fredericks is taking a while to get everything uh, up and running. I, I don't like change. <laughs> you don't like change. Well, you, you, I, no, just I've got kidding. news for you. You're not in the right business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I think I've been a bit too liberal with my spending habits as well with kit yeah. and dawn in my little office, new speakers and smart um, clocks and stuff. I, I've got a whole laundry list of things I, I probably shouldn't have invested in. But anyway, yeah. Man. So, um, yeah, in that first phase then, I you ask about the, the R's. I called it the respond phase. It's what we all did and a lot of customers, they all did stuff. And depending on how far you were down that, that journey and that vision depends on what you did. So to Fred's point, lots of laptops. We saw a lot of customers going, oh, and I can remember people rushing down to PC shops at consumer-based shops originally and buying up every last bit of stock because they, or they were going to their offices and physically unplugging PCs and monitors and taking them home because people didn't have anything, especially people that were office-based and they considered their work to be nine till five. Some of them liked that big barrier that when they got home that they didn't touch work. They had such a hard day that they, you know, wanted to be with the kids and the family, et cetera, or whatever their personal life was. And suddenly they're, you know, oh, how do I work? I've got no kit at home. Or the policy meant that they weren't allowed to use their own kit. I saw a lot of banks that had very, very stringent policies and they got relaxed really quickly because it was a case of, well, you can either have a business or you can have a security policy that stops you logging on. Which one do you want? And somewhere in the middle was a, you know, a kind of a compromise. So we, and, and that's why we saw an increase, I think, with, you know, cyber threat activity because there was a lot of people that were taking advantage of the situation because they knew that people were relaxing their security policy. 
So that was that first phase. And as we come out of that first phase, we start to see people go into the next phase called reflect. We're calling it internally or adapt. And the point there is that people are going, okay, well, I did all this stuff in the first phase, things like cutting security corners, maybe ramping up their VPNs or everything that they did. Maybe the performance isn't so good. And they're sort of sitting back and going, maybe I need to change that or increase capacity or whatever it is, but they're, they're kind of going back and fixing what they did quickly and making it more stable and making it more performant. I'm starting to see that. And uh, modern management is where you know, Frederick and I are having lots of conversations because old tool sets that were really good at managing stuff in the office suddenly don't work too well when they're sitting on the end of a piece of string in somebody's house. Not that everybody's got a piece of string, some of the broadband connections I've seen are better than the ones in the office, right? But, but there's a lot of people that don't have the luxury of that. And how do you manage a laptop that was very good at being managed in the office on an enterprise LAN connected type infrastructure that's now sitting in somebody's house shared with three kids watching, um, you know, Little Mermaid constantly on repeat, or, or so it seems. Not that I have three children doing that, but they might do. So. <laughs> The, the, the proof's definitely in the pudding here. We, as an organization, I mean VMware, when that crisis hits us and we were all supposed to work from home, we adapted overnight. Yeah. Because the platform was there, the technology was there, everybody was ready to do their work remotely. While others, while you say, as you say, uh, started investing in VPNs. For instance, my, my spouse works at a distributor and one of the vendors that she, she, she supports uh, is uh, selling remote access. And in that quarter, so last quarter, that company made their number for a year. So I totally agree uh, that uh, a lot of organizations out there started investing in, in VPN, but that has a hard limit. As you said, it's it's all about bandwidth, it's all about uh, availability and, and the experience. And that's what I love about uh, uh, our offering when it comes to end-user computing, whether that's remote or virtualized or, or whatever. We were ready, even when we didn't know that it was going to hit, we were ready for that potential hit, which is a completely different strategy than, as you said, let's look at 2020, uh, and do something about remote work. Yeah, I mean, even the term remote, you think about what that means, right? So remote means I'm somewhere remote from a physical place. Just analyze the term. I don't like the term remote working because what it is, it's saying that my main place is a physical place. I'm remote from there. Right? I, so in this, so the analyze the terminology itself. It's, it's, it's kind of old anyway, right? Mm -hmm. It should be flexible. Now, you don't think of yourself as remote, I guess. Right? You think no. of yourself as just flexibly working wherever. At the moment, you happen to be working from the house, but you could be on a train if, if we ever get to, you know, depending on what country you're in or planes. You think of location isn't a problem. Now, it depends on your line of work, obviously. Not everybody. I, I always use the... Uh, the nuclear missile submarine operator. I kind of don't want them to be any place, anytime, anywhere doing their work. I, I kind of want them to be on a sub and being very, you know, doing what they need to do. Right. So it depends on your job and we'll get into that later on, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it shouldn't matter where you work. Right. Fred. Yeah. I had the statement uh, office is just another location and yeah. uh, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. So, uh, it's like my home, my train, my, it doesn't matter where you are. You should be able to work. So it's funny as well. I saw another trend um, and it's, I, I can't give away names obviously, but I did see certain verticals come to me and says, 
Spencer, can your uh, your product tell if people are working at home? I was like, what, can the neighbor work? No, 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 I want to see if they're working. So, <laughs> well, well, explain, you know, are they physically working? Other than like, I don't know, playing Command and Conquer as an example. I don't know why I should bring that one up, but can we actually check that they are doing shit, right? So well, why would you want to know about that? And I, I think half the problem here is interesting. It's a trust level. Mm. Because people, when you were physically in the office, people could see you. And there are some kind of organizations that kind of equated. And if you look at our employment law, you know, we're very much around, I don't know if it's the same in all countries, but it's nine till five. There's always been this, you look at um, work contracts, we're contracted for 37 and a half hours each week. I think I do a lot more than that sometimes, most yeah. of the time. But if you're not why? playing Command and Conquer, right? That, that, well, when I'm not doing that. Well, I put it up to 75 hours, but yeah. But, but my point is, everything's steeped in the historical debt of what we've done. And you think about the concept of work, it's it comes from a factory. You go to a factory, you used to put punch cards in, you know, in industrial times, and we sort of brought this with us. You employ people for time. Well, if they employed me for time, then I'd probably need to be on double in that regard. I'd have to prove that I wasn't playing Command and Conquer, but... You know, we're moving more to outcome-based working, if, if you've heard of that phrase, which is it's not about how much time you deliver. It's about the outcome of what you do. And that puts a different perspective on it. And if it's outcome-based, then why, why should it be that you go to an office? The reason you went to an office is because people could see you and your managers to prove that you was in the office. And it's funny because I don't know about you guys, that we used to have somebody who was, um, used to leave every time at 5.01 and you'd get in really early. And it was almost like, well, I want to be seen to be in. And that's just how they've always operated in their work career. And some people would leave in the afternoon and then you get people going, why are you leaving early? Does it really matter? But there was almost like this office culture of people in time. And I think what COVID's done here has actually really broken up the concept of how you actually do work. I'm getting really deep and theological here, maybe, but no, but it's, it's true. And I, I think, I think even, even if you, if you, if you look at, where we work doesn't really matter. That is what you said before. I have, I have a, a dream. It's a, not, I'm not going to quote Martin Luther King, but I have a dream to have somehow somewhere in the south of Spain or south of France, whatever. If, if I could, if I fly there and I can be pro as productive as at home or anywhere else, I, it's okay, right? It's, it, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my role. So whatever, whatever is the case. Um, at this moment, I don't have a house, so I still have a, a couple of things to work on, but, uh, but, 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 that that could be the future, right? Well, analyze that, right? If you, you think about traditional managers, if you said to a manager, say 10 years ago, and this we're very, I would say, open in terms of that and flexible in VMware, there are a lot of companies that would consider that to be, well, you're not working, you're sitting on a beach. Yeah, you're on holiday. <laughs> right? You yeah. can't possibly work and be on the beach, can you? It, it's well, not a popular opinion, but um, I, I'm actually glad that COVID happened. Because otherwise, it would take another generation of those kind of managers uh, to be phased out. Well, yeah, I mean, with everything that goes along, we're very lucky. Let's be honest here, right? There's a lot of sadness in the world with COVID. And personally, uh, my mum is kind of half affected by it, right? So it's, you're right, it's, it's kind of a bittersweet moment as well. With all the, the, the death and horribleness that's gone with it, actually, it's sped up a lot of thinking, to my point earlier. And also with how people are going to employ people going forward. That concept of having a tie. I was, think, I was reading something about interviews as well the other day. I do remember going to an interview with ties and that's what you did, right? I'm sure you did. Did you turn up for an interview with a tie, Frederick? You can say no, by the way, but 
that was still the case and is still the case in a lot of industries right now. You think about how you do interviewing now in lockdown, you know, what, what do you look for in terms of skill sets? There was a lot of thing around physical appearance and going to the office. Actually, an office was a physical statement for a lot of businesses. You look at Canary Wharf, I, I singled them out, but the reason why they've got big buildings is because one's bigger than the other and it's almost a statement in its own right, yeah? Mm. But, and it's kind of, you are associated with that by being part of that thing. I think the reason you join a company now is going to change as well because it's not about going to the, the city and showing your expensive watch. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing, so if you, I like expensive watches, by the way, if I could ever buy one. But my point there is that there's a lot of kind of historical about the place of work, what you do, that sort of image that goes with it, etc. And yeah, you know, how you employ people, it's, it's going to change, which is a good thing, right? We shouldn't have to worry that you didn't get the job because you didn't have a tie on, maybe. It should be down to ability. It's a, it's a great leveler in that regard, I think. Yeah. technology is right i completely agree if, if, if anything positive could come out of this it's exactly what you just described spencer i'm looking forward in uh, to to a period where i don't need to drive two hours to get to the office while i only live 30 kilometers away from the office yeah but that, that, that could be a potential uh, re result of what we are discussing here. Because now I'm stuck in traffic with one person in one car. Everybody's heading the same direction because, as you just said, uh, Canary Wharf, we have something similar in Belgium, not, not that big, obviously. Um, but everybody's driving to that business district. And if, if, if the majority can work from home with the same kind of tools, same kind of availability, same kind of whatever you name, then you don't need to be in those cars anymore. Totally. Although there is something to be said, they call it, I think it's the grass is always greener. I do miss my little moments in my car. Like I can have the music up loud and lose Both myself cross. in my own little cocoon, even if it is slow traffic on the M25 in London. But yeah, um, you're right. I mean, that concept of going to work, I think we're, and it's interesting when we get into the next phase after the reflect phase, I think people are going to think about what is the point of the office per se, right? Does it need to be that big statement building to show everybody you're the biggest and best? Maybe still, I don't know. Depends how that industry works. Is it a place you go to to have infrequent meetings because it makes sense? But would it be the minority, which I think it might do, right? Rather than be you go to the office and sometimes go home, I think it's more going to be you start, your base will be home for most jobs, depending on what industry, like we said. And you go to the office for, in, well, maybe it's social gatherings, maybe it's team meetings every now and again. But the stuff you can only really can't replicate physically. It's more. It's more creating a a team yeah. in the office than 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 doing the physical work basically in the office. It's just uh, going in and out in the office. If you have a, a two-hour meeting, you go in for the two-hour meeting, and after that, you just leave again. So it's uh, it might it might be, and I hope, um, cross fingers that 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 we really um, that that sticks eh? because if we if we uh, if this is the new normal. Um, Potentially, we want to go back to some of the old normal, uh, but but I hope part of the new keeps sticking and the good stuff keeps sticking. And and uh, I, I hear a lot of people now starting to complain that they they need to work from home. So I think that 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 infrequent meeting moments in the office might might resolve that uh, that they are still having physical contact. Yesterday, I had a colleague here in my front door. Uh, it was good to see a colleague. 
uh, in 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 ten weeks. Uh, I always uh, I've I've been cycling to Frederick's uh, uh, doorway as well uh, during COVID just uh, to have a social distance talk. But then you just see, yeah. Then you just see mm-hmm. see someone uh, from the office. So it's 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 it, yeah. You 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 are colleagues and you have just some some sort of yeah bond. I would say uh, as a, as a team, which is which is cool. Uh, and, human and, at the end of the day, right? We need that. Yeah, kind that's of, it. Yeah. We're social animals. We're tribalistic by instinct, and uh, we like being part of a, a team. And, and yeah, you need to reinforce those bonds. But it, yeah. it's interesting you say about that because the other thing I think here, and we're going to start seeing this a lot more, um, is that whole sort of how do I engage with a company? Right. So you talked about teams, but if you're the CEO, as an example, how do you get your message out? And the because a lot of companies now aren't just about making money and doing what they do. They're, they're associated with, uh, you know, we've got our own principles, our epic guidelines that you guys know really well, right? Um, but a lot of people differentiate with their, their their ethos, their ethics, and what they stand for. People don't just join companies now because they want money and they get a check. I mean, I say that, but, you know, it depends on the times. And there's a lot of people that unfortunately have lost their jobs, right? So it depends where you are. But we all know that people... The demographic at the moment you want you want to be associated with something that stands for something good or be associated you, you join for for reasons and principles as much as you do the uh, your career as well and i think the point there then is uh, how do you instill those virtues into people if if everybody's at home how do you engage with them and that's where when we get into that that second phase or sorry the third phase rethinking is you know, surveys communications comms you know intranets and that so I kind of think of Workspace One as the intranet 2.0. So we got this great function that we for notifications where we can quickly interact with people and get quick feedback, not big monolithic surveys where you wait six years for to get the feedback and then you do another one. And you, you know, not that we don't do those by the way, and I'm sure every company does, but I think we're moving more into this world where you need quick instant, what's going on? I need to get a message out. You don't want to spam everybody with email. And you're going to get into these little other kind of nudges that I think they call them in the industry. You don't want a, a massive torrent of information. You just want to, is everybody okay? Or, Oh, by the way, this is going on. how do you get that information out to people? And you're going to start to see that if you think about it, when you're in the office, do you have a tannoy in the office? Does that translate into Belgium? A speaker, no, a speaker. No, no. We have a fire alarm and people could over the microphone, they could say, Oh, there's a visitor for somebody or can somebody move their car that was in the car park? Do you have, you no, I don't, no, no, we don't have it. Don't think we do, no. no. Okay, well, mate, well, that's a good thing, right? But in the UK, in the Staines office, we have a speaker system. So if there's any kind of a fire drill, you know, you've been to the Staines office, there's a big, and somebody from reception will say, could somebody come? That's a communication platform, but how can you do that when you're at home? Think about that for a second, right? Because we're used to, or you go to the, you have like a, a whiteboard or a pegboard or something that people put information up in the office or here's your first aiders or mental health workers or or there's a i don't know um a charity ball or something sign up here you used to come to the office and you do stuff like that wouldn't you mm-hmm. how are you going to replace yeah. that stuff that community aspect and i think that's where it's going to be interesting going forward is that concept of community go and how do you get comms down and how do you build it up that's completely changed but it's also the way i think and i think we're lucky uh, because we're in a, in a in an industry that is that is most of the time running ahead of the curve uh, i think a lot of a lot of um, of industries are very um, 
how would I call it, completely bound to, to, to the office or to that, to that whiteboard where stuff is, stick, is been sticking on for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is, it is uh, and it's maybe an, an, an add-on question to, to, the, to the, the last R, because how, how do you see, um, because we are with a certain generation, I think, uh, not, not, not to insult you, I think, Spencer, you're the oldest one on the call. So, uh, <laughs> in my head, I'm 21, by the way. But, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a line from Top Gun about, you know, cashing checks your body can't write and stuff. 21 <laughs> with those lines of experience. Yeah. So, so, but, but how, how do you see um, uh, the, the different generations being fitted into that digital workspace? Because that, that, is, that is, I think, if I look, for example, at our own colleagues, in in, uh, in in Belgium, we have some older colleagues that are that are close to their uh, to the to the 60s or even even a little bit over 60. But we have we have also younger colleagues in the in the office. Um, how do you see them? Uh, because it's it's a broad spectrum. Uh, how do you see them fitting into the to the to the digital workspace or potentially the new normal? Because I think for the older ones, it's it's really a habit. They they, they didn't know anything else. But I think one of the things that when you're talking about digital workspace, and that's all the way back to when we start the conversation, what does true digital workspace mean? Should could be choice, right? So I think the point here is we're very good in IT to go, everybody gets something. So the classic one around that is what's my, um, what's my global communication platform? Is it Teams? Sorry to quote it. Is it Zoom? Is it Slack? And everyone gets hung up. Oh, God, we've got all these. And I don't know who to talk to. And IT are like, you're going to have one platform. Why? because IT are very good at doing that. Why can't we just let people choose what they want? And the reason I'm saying that is, the reason IT don't like it is, is because it's hard to manage. But using something like a Workspace ONE, if you put the grounding in place, people kind of work to the way they want to work. And you end up getting this kind of evolutionary effect where people become productive in their own way. And, and where I'm going with it, in case you're wondering why I'm answering your question, I think that's exactly with the demographics. People will work the way they want to work. Some will be wedded to the, I used to go to the office and massively miss it. Some of the younger generation that have been more exposed to this kind of working when they've naturally come through the ranks, I think will be easier to adapt. I mean, that's what it is, right? It's, um, and it's, it's kind of as you get older, you get more imprinted in your, your ways that you like to work. And you get become a bit more intransigent, which basically is, you know, I don't want to change. But if you have a platform in place that allows people to choose, I mean, that's the way around it. It's just yeah. balancing that with security and IT operations, which is kind of why, you know, I guess the, the last part of the R question is security. Zero trust is where that comes into it, right? And I touched on this first of all is the fact that you're not in an enterprise network shouldn't matter anymore, but a lot of our constructs are still built around that. And our apps are, which plays into modern app modernization, right? A lot of our apps do not work very well when they're outside the office because the security model and the way that you access them is kind of, you know, 20 years old or something. So with digital workspace, there's a big kind of, uh, I'd say relationship with app mod, app modernization. And a lot of customers that found it really hard to move, was because their workforce weren't ready, but their apps weren't ready. Their core line of business services weren't able to operate outside the office because of the apps mostly and their processes. So I think there's a big journey for people to come along. And the ones that have been in business a long time are the ones that are probably harder to move, which is fine, right? We're lucky because we're West Coast. You know, we don't have a big legacy long tail Windows on-prem applications, do we? We have, you know, we're lucky to have SaaS apps where we can access them from anywhere. But the important bit there is the security model. And a lot of the security has been based on once you're in the office, you're good and you're secure and you can get on a known device that's locked down 
that connects to an app that's designed and been operated to work inside the enterprise nice firewall. That's how, kind of how we've been forever. That's where I think we need to make big changes and that concept of, you know, you don't just work for us anymore as well. You could be a contractor. How do you allow for that security model? So I think there's, and I'm talking to a lot of customers around rethinking that third phase, rethinking or uh, accelerating what their uh, plans are and their strategy around security, how they operate, the apps, because they're kind of all together, right? It's all interlinked. Even though we're talking end-user computing here, ultimately, a user uses an app that sits on a device that runs from somewhere that sits on a cloud or a device in the data center that's connected through a network. And a lot of that infrastructure has all been designed from 20 years plus back. And that's the challenge I think a lot of customers are going through right now. We're lucky though, right? So we don't have that same thing and the apps. No, it's true. And uh, <clears throat> I got I got a question. Maybe you don't need to answer it if it's uh, if it's if it's not okay uh, to answer it. But um, because this was Frederick said in the in the, in the beginning, uh, we are uh, we as VMware we have technology, the platform, everything in place. Um, didn't we struggle to 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 ramp up uh, the amount of remote workers? Uh, good question. So, and we use ourselves as an example because we are ahead, and you'd like to think so, right? What do they call it? They used to call it eating your own dog food. Then it went drinking your own champagne or tasting your own caviar. But you're right. We we did have some challenges, but I'll be honest with you. I know, and I've done a couple of webinars with him as well. Our internal IT director, a guy called David Burton, who regularly talks about this as well. The things that we had to change were processes and policies rather than tech. The tech was there. The platform's been there. There were some remote offices where I think people were going in and taking monitors because they wanted two monitors at home. Um, but that, that was kind of real, the minority. Most people, we, we didn't have to change much at all. The only thing that had to change was things like your first day when you get onboarded, rather than coming to the office to pick physically stuff up. It's kind of what we've always done. There is no coming to the office, right? So things like that, or what about how you actually do interviews? So that onboarding process was what we changed. But that wasn't a tech thing. That was a process thing from HR and management. You know, the platform didn't really change at all because we had it in place. We had in the, in the team person that started but was stuck on Corsica. There are worse places to be stuck. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so first, first, day, first day in VMware, um, uh, somewhere in the week before, a delivery guy came along with a box and saying, here's your laptop and your iPhone from VMware. Have a nice day. And then, um, so it, she, she's a salesperson and she opened up the laptop and then everything unrolled by itself. Um, so she's now productive since, uh, since the beginning of the lockdown, basically uh, in, in Corsica. And she's now uh, seeing or looking for a flight back. And she actually asked the question, uh, when are you expecting me somewhere in the office? Is the office going open anytime soon? Or can I just stay here in Corsica? Which is, which is also a choice huh? and which is, which is good. But it's, 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 that, is, that is, of course, the, the way you, should, you are adapting, of course. Huh? People that are jumping into a new, in a new role, they take some moments to uh, to take some air before they start, and then they all of a sudden get stuck somewhere on an island, which is which is that could happen to anyone uh, at this moment. So, uh, yeah. but it's the ultimate expression of what a true digital workspace is, right? Yes, that's why I call it a true flexible, not remote first or something, because remote, like I said, has got this kind of legacy relationship with a physical place of work, yeah. which you know it shouldn't be the way unless you really have to, like we said. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's nice places to be. We could be on the beach. I I used to live closer to the beach, but it's Brighton Beach, and it's probably not as nice as Corsica. Yes, the the, the sun is a little bit uh, um, less, and uh, rain is more, and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, do you have any questions? Because I was asking a lot, awful lot of questions. So, uh, I do. I do. I was. Um... A bit triggered by the the last chapter, the re the rethink uh, chapter, and I have a bit of a, a forward-looking uh, question or idea. Perhaps you can coin it afterwards if you want. You think so, you have a forward-looking? I, <laughs> I I I think I might. So just let me do the setup here. So you mentioned um, you compared Workspace uh, one with uh, Internet 2.0, which which I completely understand. A new way of doing. Um, yeah, collaboration, basically. You also said at some point that um, you met a manager, I'm going to say a micromanager that really wanted to see his people work. Uh, he wanted to have a, a mechanism to, to show uh, if people are actually doing the work, not just being online, but actually doing the work. You also had a, we had a small discussion on, on that uh, barrier of working from home and going uh, sitting in traffic and then going to work and um, that nine to five principle and uh, the separation of, of private, uh, yeah, being private and, and, and actually going to work and how you can integrate that, uh, that community feeling when you are part of that tribe and, and all the, the stuff you mentioned. And you also said if, if people can, if, if the right platform, the right technology is in place, they will work like they want. And that's one of the biggest benefits that, that we uh, can provide. So all of that together, my question is, why are we not investing in virtual reality? We are. So, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good point. And um, so, there's, you know, some of the guys have known, and it, it sort of put, got put on hold a little bit, but just before there's a whole team and we've been demonstrating at, at VMworlds and going around to customers uh, around augmented reality and VR, right? So there's a great project right now where we can stream in virtual desktops for engineers directly into uh, headsets. So you can visualize stuff. And if you think about it, headsets as great as they are, apart from playing my other love in life, which is Half-Life. So kind of came from that area, <laughs> you know, the whole kind of doing virtual reality with Alex that's just come out. There are things you can do, if you think about it, around high-end graphics that shouldn't be tethered to the actual device or a PC. If you're a designer for an automotive company, as an example, how can you do that at home? Because you're used to having a big... And VDI is one answer. But VDI plus VR is a great answer. So we're doing a lot of work around that. There's things around assisted learning, um, you know, production line stuff, how we can be safe. Because the other thing here as well, we talked about should we go back to work? If you're on a production line, you don't have a choice unless it's been automated, but there's still always gonna be a role for somebody to do stuff on a production line. How can you keep that safe? And there's ways of that, well, maybe you could use virtual reality to be there, but not there. So social distancing, there's some stuff going on there as well. Um, things about medical, we're doing a lot of work around teaching. How do you train doctors and people without, you know, getting them in front of somebody um, to train them up there. So there's a lot of work we are doing and for us, you know, and it's a good point because it probably brings us all the way back to full circle, which is what is a digital workspace? Well, it's changing all the time. If you'd asked me this three years ago, it's different to what it is now. Digital workspace is a flexible thing that will grow over time with new ways of working, new device capability, you know, new applications, etc. 
And that's one of the main changes that I would say is that whole AR and VR space as well is really coming on. And I think COVID's really put a light on that. So yes, we are, is the, is the question. I think what you see in the VR market is there is no common platform. Everyone's got their own version of it. So you go in this phase, you know what it's like. It's a bit like with IoT. Everybody comes out with stuff and eventually the market consolidates and you get a bit of standards in place. I think we're in that kind of a, a frame. And a lot of people think of VR, like I just said, from a gaming perspective first, rather than a, you know, a real kind of a useful work tool. And I think that's changing as a real productivity tool. And there's a lot of things we're doing with Workspace ONE into VR as well, right? So I don't want to quote Minority Report, but you can think of that kind of scenario. So there's a lot of good stuff that's happening in that area. So it's a really good point. You know, what has an office been perfect, going forward? Perfect answer, perfect answer. I think Frederick wants forward. a change from a business unit, no? Um, uh, not just yet. Uh, th there's still a network that needs to be provided to be able to do all that nice stuff. Uh, uh. That's true, but there are other people that uh, want to go in the, in, the, in the sewer somewhere to uh, make sure that there's a network connected. Sure, sure. Well, I look forward in a world where instead of a portable, I receive a headset of a certain company. That would be magnificent. You, you joke about that, but actually, but um, we have a lot of online conferences and things. And one of the things we were considering is actually delivering out that kind of stuff to somebody and then running the whole thing through interactively. So people were thinking they were in the office together and doing it that way. And there's a lot of opportunity there you can think about as well. But yeah, but I, I look forward to that as well, because then I can play Half-Life Alex. Exactly, exactly. There's a reason we have two eyes. One can work, another can game. By the way, other, other um, you know, first-player shooter map in virtual realities are available, I think. So, but I just happened to call that one out. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice way to, to, to look at this. I think it, uh, and, and it's, it, maybe it's also something that accelerates as well. I think in, in the industry and, and, and really, yeah, if you look at, at the places for example for example car manufacturers stuff like that there is a lot of people still just working physically there um, mm. so if we if we could potentially uh, help them a little bit um, by by not getting as close to the machines maybe uh, get, getting getting some uh, some uh, uh, yeah, if, if you look at the, the factories uh, we're uh, since uh, five days without any incidents maybe there is no no longer a board needed uh, where they call out the incidents uh, which is uh, which, which which might be very very nice as well for the future but there's still some things that are very dexterous that you need to robots are clever but there's still always going to be things where you can't replace a human hand in the brain mm -hmm. that goes behind it and i think that's kind of that amalgamation of tech and people and and it, what it really does go back to is our old constructs of education and which again brings us full back circle, which is you kind of went to university, you did a lot of academic -y type stuff so to get you the credentials and the uh, certifications to go into an office type work. And there's been a lot of hierarchical and almost how you get trained to come into the, the place of work. I mean, what does that really mean in the new world? Uh, what do you um, value more? Do you value that Frederick knows his trigonometry off by heart? Or do you value that Frederick can have a conversation to somebody? and can actually articulate that in a way that somebody can understand rather than, you know, being able to recite, um, you know, trigonometry to the empty degree and logarithms. Just saying maybe, maybe traditional education needs to change around what this new world looks like as well. It's kind of funny that you say it. I've, I've, I'm, every year I'm invited at, an, uh, at a school where I did my, uh, let's call it, um, we have the like the basic schooling and then the secondary schooling in in in, uh, in Belgium uh, as of, let's say, 12 till, till 18. And um, 
every year I'm uh, I'm invited to uh, to be in some sort of yeah in a little event where the 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 students of that moment they can come and talk to you and they can talk to you about what I'm what am I doing and how was life when I got out of school and so on and so on and um, I, I have I just tell I tell what my life is out of school right so that that, that is it, it wasn't easy it's uh, what 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 did, what did you actually learn was one of the questions so and I said yeah but what do you know if you step out of out of this school and it's not nothing to do with the school but with the way that we teach is just fundamentals we we don't know by heart. Uh, a lot of stuff we just learn during the curve of our life. We learn how, how things evolve. And one of the students said, so I did all the exams for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was not the, not, not the idea, but in the end, it, it ties really good. It, it ties back to what you were saying. If, if they change the way they think on, on what is actually needed in the, in the field of work, that might um, be very beneficial for everybody in the in, in the in let's say in the corporate in the corporate life, but also out 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 of the corporate life, uh, maybe as a, as a, as being an independent or whatever. So uh, yeah. So any questions, guys? Well, maybe we're almost uh, going uh, around the hour, if I'm not mistaken, or almost the hour, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a final question, uh, a wrap-up question. Uh, in the beginning of the of the discussion, you told Spencer that you bought a lot of uh, nifty gadgets. I would say. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe uh, what is Spencer's tip of the week uh, on <laughs> what you need to buy uh, for doing a road work or something that you bought in the last well, couple of weeks? Uh, I'm conscious. I've mentioned lots of game manufacturers and. Um, real-time strategy games by name. So I feel like I'm some kind of advertising and a, a microphone, but a decent microphone for sure. I've also got one of those boom things. So you can, I haven't run this one. I actually um, resurrected an old PC that's become my, so I've got an area with a green screen. It's just a green bit of cloth. It's funny because when I bought it off a leading online retailer, let's call it that, uh, it was like oh, green screen and it's just a bit of green cloth. So I think I might've um, not read the fine print there and got charged a bit too much. <laughs> um, I've got one of these smart clocks though. Again, I won't mention who it is, but it's awesome. You've seen these and you can program. So when you're doing podcasts, you can have a timer. So you know exactly how long you can get all your Twitter notifications on there. It's, it's quite cool. Um, and decent pair of speakers so that you can every now and again in between, I don't know about you guys, but I like to blast out a tune. So I, I like my um, electronic dance music. I kind of howl from uh, an explosion in Belgian techno, by the way. Ah, if you guys remember the Jerry Beltran, that might date me a little bit, but I like to put on a little bit of old school, having some decent speakers and being able to blast that out is quite useful. And uh, yeah, the noise cancelling stuff. I don't know if you see that because even though my kids came up earlier, um, I've got a little thing that sits in the corner and it's active. Installs a virtual kind of microphone with a noise cancelling. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Chris, quite I wasn't going to mention the name, but I think oh, you might well. have accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. If, if, if you have an, uh, an, an NVIDIA based graphical uh, processing unit, a GPU, there's this uh, tool from the NVIDIA site that you can download. And instead of using your graphical card for graphics, they use AI to filter out any kind of background, background noise on your mic. It's a free tool. That's cool. But the problem is, is in between doing podcasts and that, I'm just all tabbing between my command and conquer. So I've got no yeah. GPU cycles left or World of Warships in order yeah. to do that processing. <laughs> Even take, if I Even wasn't take. doing that, then that, that would be a great tip. <laughs> 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 and I, I can I can vouch for the uh, for the noise cancelling as well, uh, and uh, not for myself, 
but what I did is uh, so um, not sure how about about you, Spencer, but I have some uh, some uh, young uh, young kids at home, and um, so that I have two two kids, and one needs to go to school half day, and the other one was still at home, so that's kind of. Um, uh, Irritating because you need to work and be productive. And, uh, and uh, uh, he was sitting there and asking me, when is, uh, when is my sister coming home? Are we going to get her now? So every five minutes or so. So all of a sudden, I said, I've put the noise cancelling on his head. And I set him in front of the TV. And all of a sudden, he fell asleep because the only thing he could hear was the Netflix uh, show. And everything around him was just silence. And he fell asleep, so I had a very productive afternoon <laughs> with the noise cancelling. So, so think out of the box. It's not only for you, but it's only for uh, it's all also for the kids. An afternoon, yes. But how was your night afterwards? Because oh, perfect. You <laughs> slept through the night as well. <laughs> to use noise cancelling to stop the noise from your child is what you're saying. Uh, correct. <laughs> like yeah. Double noise cancelling. Pretty good. <laughs> right. Cool. So, um, thanks, thanks, Spencer, for the for the the, the tips and uh, game manufacturers and also the the three R's, uh, which I think were uh, were most important uh, through the whole conversation. Um, thanks, Frederick, for inviting Spencer. I think it's a very very good guest to have uh, to have on the on the on the podcast. And uh, thanks, guys, for for being here. And uh, thanks for the interaction interaction and. Uh, to our listeners, uh, yeah, please subscribe to our podcast and um, yeah, be at home, be safe, and um, see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.